Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast. I'm Haley Luckadoo, educator, website designer, wedding planner, and big dreamer who took a hobby business born out of a college dorm room and turned it into a successful multi-business empire. I run on hard work and Dr. Pepper, and if it comes in pink, you better believe I want it. This podcast is for women in almost any industry who want the resources and inspiration to do what sets their soul on fire. I'll interview women who are exceptional at what they do to bring you the tools and knowledge that you need to succeed and to create the life you dream of. Hi, ladies, and welcome back to another episode of Females on Fire. Oh my gosh, we are so excited about this one today because this is going to be something that really helps you guys out. I know a lot of you have been asking for it, and so it is here. We are doing an episode about finances and understanding all of the finances that go along with your business. And of course, we have an expert in that field with us today. We have Miss Shanna Skidmore. And if you don't know her, she was a former Fortune 100 financial advisor and is now a business consultant for creative entrepreneurs. So she helps women in business understand their finances and really get control of their business and their money. So Shanna, thank you so much for coming on today. We're so excited to have you. Yay. I'm so excited. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. Well, give us your story. How did you get here? How did you get into working with creatives and money? And, you know, just where did you come from? Yeah. Um, So great question. Um, So I have been in finance for 13 years and um, I always, anytime I go talk or do a podcast, I always kind of joke. I actually started when I was in college and getting a psychology degree and I went to a liberal arts college. And so I had to take, you know, just kind of some foundational classes, one of which was an accounting class. And I was, this is probably my sophomore year. So I was midway through my psychology degree, took this accounting class, was like, gosh, you know, numbers work pretty easily in my brain. So maybe I should get a business degree as well with an emphasis in accounting and finance. So I did. And I took like every art class I ever could. So I graduated with an art degree as well. So I just always said I'm like a misfit puzzle. And I never really knew how all those things came together. And I I was like, if I could just take women to coffee and talk about life and business and money, that could that be my job? (laughs) And ironically, 13 years later, it is. Um, So right after I graduated, um, actually my senior year of college, I started working for a financial planning firm. And that's where I just started learning a lot about money management. This was all for personal finance. Um, But I realized that all my clients were women and about 60% of them owned their own business. And, um, you know, I worked in a very male dominated industry and a lot of women want to talk and work with women about their money. We, We think about money differently than a lot of men. And, and so anyways, fast forward five years, I did personal finance, met my husband, we got married. And a month after we got married, 
I was like, Kyle, if you could do anything you wanted to do, what would it be? And he said, I want to design and build airplanes, um, which required us moving states. And he went back to school. And so this was before the internet world really was big and growing your business. And so as all, anybody listening can attest, it's hard to move a personal, not online business to a completely new state. So I closed down my personal finance practice and we moved and I was contacted by a private equity firm um, to be a controller for a fashion designer. So that's like a really fancy way of saying I was contacted by a company kind of like Shark Tank. Um, so they invest in small startups. And so I got to like see from the ground up this fashion designer and that's where things really start clicking for me. I realized that first and foremost, a lot of people go into business, not because they want to be business owners, but because they love their art or they, their craft or they want a different lifestyle or whatever it is. And especially women now, we want to you know, be able to be moms and, and work and how, do, how can we do that? And there's, you know, it's a passion. And, but we have to learn the business side of running our business at some point. And so with my fashion designer, um, I realized like she made this beautiful product and her, her customers loved it, but her company never would have made money if we had not adjusted her pricing and her systems. And, and it just started all coming together that I love to talk about behavior and finance and the psychology side. And so I worked with my fashion designer and I thought, could this translate over to different types of businesses? So then I started working with a floral designer in Atlanta in Atlanta, Georgia, and that's where my business really took off. She had such a big kind of presence and name in the Atlanta area um, that all of her, all the other creatives in the Atlanta area were just like, what happened to you? How did you get this together? And she was just like, Shanna, Shanna. So for about two years, I basically did this job without really knowing what it was. And I just helped people look and see where are they making money, where are they losing money, where can they um, streamline their systems to make more efficiencies. And finally, after two years, it's like, I think this is a thing. I should figure out how to make it a business. I didn't even know what to call myself. Um, at the time, I was actually going to get my MBA and was shadowing private equity firms. And, you know, I was looking at the traditional model of consulting, and this is a very non-traditional model. And but here we are five years later and it's been wonderful. So I officially launched my company, Skimmer Consulting in 2013. And I just help women make money doing what they love. And um, I focus primarily on finances and operations. So I say time and money management. Those are the two things that I'm gonna work on. And I do that in both business and personal finance. So it's been a, an amazing journey and I'm just super passionate about helping. I think um, I read a statistic the other day that women are starting almost 2,000 new businesses every single day um, because we want, a, you know, we're all moving towards that more non-traditional work environment. And um, I just want to help people do that well because you can really get tired if you don't and make no money. And that's sad. <laughs> so that's what I do every day and I love it. That's awesome. That's such an incredible story and such a great journey. I love that it just started with a simple accounting class and it went from there. That's so cool. Yeah. So it's been a winding journey, but it's been, it's, it's fun looking back. You can see how all the pieces come together and I love that. Definitely. Ah, that's so awesome. 
And good for you for taking, you know, those steps into something you weren't really sure of and, and turning it into a business, even when you didn't know what to call yourself. Not a lot of people would do that. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, something I talk about and now I teach my students is this idea of kind of core motivators and what what makes you want to have a business. And for me, it was always flexibility in my time um, and the traditional kind of private equity route. Um, they travel almost four days a week. And so I knew that I just didn't want to be away from my family that long. And I just thought to myself, like, how can I make this and use technology so that I can have clients all over the world, but I can still be home with my family and build a business that really is for the lifestyle that I want. And um, yeah, the only person, it's funny now <laughs> in, the, in the environment we live in to even think of this five years ago, though, I had never, I had never heard of, online education. I mean, I've done my fair share of, um, like I love workout classes. <laughs> so I have plenty of those. That's the only industry I knew that had like a online take these classes. And then Marie Forleo, she's the only person I had heard of. Um, so there wasn't this model like business coaching or consulting or strategy, you know, that I just made up a name. I was like, okay, I think I'm going to be this. Um, so it's funny now because, you know, there's a lot of people doing this now. And I love that more people are talking about the business side of business. But, yeah, just I, – I, and I always encourage my clients to – and hope that people hear me say, it took me two years. I'm just throwing spaghetti on the wall. I call it just like trying anything and everything somebody would pay me to do until I figured out what people needed – put a package together, priced it according to how much time it took me. But it, it, it took me two years of just doing it and figuring it out before I even made it official. And I'm so thankful for that time. Right. That's so awesome. I love it. So let's dive right in because we've got tons of questions yeah. and are so ready to get your expertise. But let's start with an easy one. What actually makes a business profitable. So we hear that all the time, but what does it actually mean to be profitable and you know, how do we really define that? Yeah. I love, this is so fun. Okay. I love talking about money. I'm already pumped up. So profit is, I call it leftover. It's a leftover money. So it's um, all your sales, the money that you bring in minus all of your expenses, the money that goes out and the leftover. And um, that's profit. That's what the IRS wants to look at for tax purposes, income tax purposes, and um, profit. It's really important. And I think you're so right. It is a term that's very confused. There's a lot of financial terms, which I think makes it frustrating. But I would say profit is the leftover, and our goal is always to have leftover. <laughs> and you, you, pay, you pay yourself you, you know, out of profit, and so the money you pay yourself is – kind of considered profit, depending on, you know, we can go into a lot of things, but how you pay yourself, but the money that's left over after all expenses are paid. Gotcha. Nice, easy explanation. I love it. <laughs> so can you explain a little bit about uh, profit and loss? I know a lot of people don't even know what a P&L is. So can you just sort of explain mm -hmm. what that sheet looks like, what profit and loss is, how to understand your margins? What are all of those terms? What do they mean? Mm -hmm. Okay, so profit and loss is a just an accounting report that any kind of accounting software would generate for you. But you can do this on a sheet of paper. It just is, again, how much money 
came in in sales. How many dollars did you bring in? You can do this annual. You have to do it annually for taxes. Um, but I do this monthly on what I call my money dates. I have money dates, which we can talk about. So how much money came in? How much money went out? Wherever it went. And then how much money was left over? If, it, if money left over is positive, that's your profit. If it's negative, that's a loss. So that's why it's called a profit and loss statement. It's just a, it's just a snapshot of the money that came in, all the money that went out, and what was left over. So that's how I would look at that. And, and an easy way to think about this, and this is going to date me a little bit, so I'm interested if you ever learned this, Haley, but um, did you ever have to balance your checkbook? I mean, I grew up when you had to learn to balance a checkbook in school. <laughs> I did, but I came from private school and my dad was a financial advisor, so that might be why. <laughs> okay, 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 gotcha. So if anybody, I'm sure at least people can think of the concept of balancing a checkbook. So if you balance your checkbook, you're like, here's how much money was in my bank account. Here's the money that came out of my bank account. That's kind of what a profit and loss statement does. It just says, here's how much money you brought in, and then it, it says, here's where it all went. Where did your money go? And then how much do you have left over? And I think it's one of the most important reports that we need to look at in our business. Again, I look at my monthly, and then for sure, annually, you have to look at that. Is that helpful? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, so I was actually just about to ask, how often should we look at that? So you think monthly? I look at my monthly because I update. Um, so I use QuickBooks Online, but there's a ton of, there's a ton of software out there that you can use. I personally like QuickBooks Online because that's what most accountants are going to use. They're going to be pretty QuickBooks savvy. Um, and the online version is great because you can use it on a lot of different devices. Um, and it pulls in all the information directly from your bank account. So it makes it so that you don't have to remember anything. So that makes sense. So it just pulls the, that information over. So every single month, again, on what I call my money date, I sit down and I go ahead and categorize all the income that came in, all the expenses that went out, and then I pull my profit and loss for that month. Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. So since we're, we're talking about expenses now, what, what's actually included in expenses? Because I know a lot of new business owners, when they look at their expenses, they'll just look at purchases that they made for the business and they maybe forget to include like employee payroll or things like that. So can you just give sort of a, a snapshot idea of what's included in your expenses and what you should be looking for? Right. Well, let me say first, I think for any new business owner, or any business owner at all, one of the very first and easiest ways to start managing your money better or feel like you have more control of your money is to get a separate bank account. Um, I know sometimes that sounds like a no-brainer, but I have a lot of clients, and if you're in that, those shoes, like a lot of people don't do this. So their personal funds and their business funds are kind of commingled, and that just makes it really confusing to know how much money your business is actually spending each month. So that would be the first thing that I do, just get a separate bank account just so you can see what's coming in and out. And then expenses are any dollar that leaves your business. And people get confused because there's like cost of goods sold, there's GNA, general and administrative, there's all these terms, right? But just think of the dollars that leave your business, that go out. What did you spend money on? Whether that is kind of general expenses just to run your business, like rent, utilities, telephone, internet, software fees. If you 
um, purchased any courses or any kind of business development, or if you have um, more like products costs or cost of goods sold, so that's materials to produce your work. So I just try to tell people, don't focus too much. The thing is, um, as a business owner, we are required to, I would say there's very few numbers you need to know in your business. You're not right. You don't need to be an accountant. You need to know how to analyze your numbers to make smarter business decisions. So don't worry about all the terms. Your accountant can worry about that, your bookkeeper. Um, just all the things that, all the dollars that leave your business, that is an expense. Gotcha. I love how simple that it was. <laughs> I expected like a lengthy explanation and like a list a mile long, but that was a nice way to condense it down. I love it. Good. Yeah. I think that, um, I always want to talk about simplifying complicated things. Um, money can feel very complicated. Just like for me, legal and technology kind of makes my eyes cross, which I think is what most of my clients feel about money. And it's like, it really can be simple. You just have to be shown what to look at, the very few things you have to know. And then, you know, have somebody help you get into the details, like a bookkeeper. Right. So obviously you recommend hiring a bookkeeper or an accountant instead of doing this yourself. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So let's just, can I really quick just go through like the money team? Gosh, yes, please. Okay. Cause I think this is kind of confusing. So a bookkeeper is someone who just literally categorizes everything correctly. So they're the person who is saying this went to rent, this went to utilities, that um, I'm trying to think of a fun way to name this, but they're just the person giving them names. Whereas an accountant, a CPA, their, their main goal is just to get your taxes filed and to make sure you're paying what you need to pay to the IRS. So a lot of accounting offices or accountant offices have bookkeepers on staff. So you can kind of go to one place and get both things done. But I like the difference there because I just want people to know that like a bookkeeper is simply there to keep track of all those details. That's why I said, yes, I definitely recommend as soon as you can afford a bookkeeper and you can expect about $150 a month to begin, depending on how many, if you have staff and how many transactions you have, they can go up to about $500 a month. Um, so as soon as you can do that, then I definitely recommend that because it's just tedious and if you don't enjoy it, which most people don't. <laughs> um, this is a, you know, let's plan on that expense. You're going to feel so much better about knowing where your money's going. And then your accountant is there just to file your taxes. So, and then the other kind of money professionals you would need would be an insurance person. And then kind of what I used to do is a money, a financial advisor. So that person, a financial advisor is there to help you look at your money and make strategic moves. Um, sometimes I think we don't know who to ask the questions to, and it helps us to know what their goals are and what their role really is. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad you specified that because I think a lot of times, especially with new business owners or people who maybe just don't understand their money very well, we tend to use those terms really loosely mm -hmm. and just sort of, you know, use bookkeeper versus accountant versus CPA versus financial advisor and not really know what they mean. Yeah. So I'm so glad you specified. Yeah, it can be confusing and just kind of, I always say like, you know, doctors have specialties and they, they have a specialty because that's what they, they want to focus on and they have specific goals. You can go to a general practitioner that has general information kind of over all of those specialties, 
or you can go to a person that has a specific goal. And that's why knowing who, what do you need from that person will help you determine what type of money professional you need to hire. Um, and a great place to start is just with a bookkeeper, just to help you see where your money's coming in and where it's going out. That's so good. Ah, such good tips. I love it. So can you elaborate a little bit on the word cash flow? So we hear that all the time. I know a lot of business owners really don't understand what that term means. So can you just, since we're, you know, making everything a little more simple to understand, can you just sort of dumb that down a little bit? Oh, fun. Yes. So cash flow just goes back to the checkbook idea. Um, it means how much money. So I do a cash flow plan again on my money date. Um, you're going to hear this a lot. I do this once a month. I just look at my money one time a month. Um, and I do a cash flow plan. So basically, the cash flow is just how much money is in your bank account right now, your business bank account. What do you expect to come in? So do you have any invoices that are due or projects that are finishing up? Do you have a sale on a collection of artwork? Or, so what money do you expect to come in? And then what expenses do you expect to go out? And therefore, at the end of the day, it's just a math problem. It's like we plus with the money coming in, we minus with the money going out. And so we just want to make sure at the end of the day we have enough cash. So what's great about doing a cash flow plan, and it's super simple. I don't have, I don't use QuickBooks for this. I literally use a piece of paper. I go into my bank account and I say starting balance. My starting balance is $1,000. Okay, and I have these two projects that are finishing up. So I have $4,000 coming in, and then I have these expenses going out. So just how much money is left over at the end of the month. Why this is helpful is if you're like, oh my goodness, I don't have enough money left over, then you can kind of light a fire and say, okay, I need to book another client this month and get a deposit, or I'm going to run a flash sale. And so it's just a way to help them seasonal, everybody talks about seasonal businesses, to see like, okay, this is my high season, I have a lot of cash, or this is my low season, I don't have a lot of cash, so I need to plan for that and in advance. Um, and it just tells you like money coming in, money coming out month to month, and how to stabilize that a little bit. Is that helpful? Yes, absolutely. It's, like that check, it's just like that checkbook. You just, how do you have enough cash in the bank to cover everything? And I love to look at this because a lot of people have seasonal businesses. And so I start thinking through, okay, how can we try to move around some of that money to make it so that your income's not fluctuating so much? And then I also see um, when people are like, when it's like high season and people feel like they're rich, you know, they tend to spend a lot more. Um, so that when they don't have as much coming in, or it's a low season, it's winter time, they're really feeling stressed for money. So it just gives you like, let's just plan ahead for slow season because we know it's coming instead of just kind of free for alling with our money. Right. That actually, that brings up two different questions in me. So I'm going to try not to forget one of them. But first of all, what's your recommendation for how to distribute that money coming in? So I know this is a question that a few of our listeners really wanted to hear from you. Just Is there a certain percentage that should be set aside for taxes versus, you know, set aside for maybe education or paying your employees versus paying yourself? Are there certain percentages or does it vary depending on your business or, you know, what's your recommendation there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So this is something I teach in depth and 
I have a business course called the blueprint model. So there are percentages for sure. And but how, let me go. It does depend on where you are in your business. Um, but let, I'll break it down a little bit. So first, any dollar that you pay yourself as a salary or a distribution or just any dollar that you personally take out of your business, I always recommend saving 30% on top of that for tax purposes. So if I pay myself $1,000 and put that into my personal bank account, then I'm going to save $300 into my tax account. Um, so that'll help you there. And I, I love looking at this. I think everyone should. I know this isn't easy and would be hard to kind of explain on a podcast, but as soon as you can, try to start taking a steady paycheck or dollars out of your business. Even if that's $50 a week, I think there's just something really important and also a little bit scary about learning that your business can support that. Um, so just taking that weekly withdrawal, even if it's very conservative, um, just to start getting in that habit. So, and then on top of that, I don't like to see more than 30% of all of your sales spent on overhead. So um, that does not include paying yourself, but that means if you bring in a thousand dollars a month, I don't want you to be spending more than $300 a month to like run your company. That means rent, utilities, any courses you're buying, continuing education, staff, anything just day-to-day -day expenses. I don't want to see over 30% of your sales. And then on top of that, I call it the 40-60 model. That's how I do my pricing. And I'm not going to say any more percentages because everybody's like, Riding feverishly or their eyes are crossing. Um, so <laughs> um, if you bring in $1,000, I so if you price a project at $1,000, I don't want you spending more than $400 or 40% on that. Um, now, that's going to be much lower if you're service-based and it's mostly your time and will be about 40% if you're in a high cost, like a floral designer, even paper goods, um, people that have higher costs are going to definitely hit that 40%. So there are definitely percentages, you know, I could, I could go into them. I think I would make everybody, I don't like to see more than 15% on to, um, advertising or, you know, there's a lot of percentages, but maybe I'll do a freebie or something with those without broken down. But the good rule of thumb is no more than 30% on just day to day general expenses. And then however much you pay yourself, save 30% of that for taxes. Yeah, that's perfect. I think I'm sure you could dive into that a little more. So definitely, you know, make a freebie for, for your followers. Cause I think they'd love that, but write it down. yeah, I think that broke it down really well though, because I think the big question there is just the taxes part. I think people just really don't know what of the money coming in, they're supposed to be paying themselves and what of that is supposed to go to taxes. So I think you broke it down really well. I hope that answered it for our listeners. Yeah, me too. So uh, my second question that came up a few minutes ago, you mentioned, you know, people will get into a high season where they've got a lot of cash coming in and they'll tend to spend more money. And, you know, you always want to remind them to put it away for the slow season or the winter months. So do you have any tips for saving money? I mean, should we be pulling out, you know, a, a weekly amount or a monthly amount and setting that aside? Or should it be a quarterly thing? Or, you know, what do you recommend? Well, that's a great question. And that actually comes back, I would say, to behavior. What is your typical behavior when you have money? So I, I leave all of my business funds in my business. 
So there are some months where it's super, super high and then some seasons where it gets lower depending on our launches and what we have going on. But I just leave that money in there because I don't live by my cash flow. I live by my spending plan. And that's kind of the mindset shift I try to get all my clients to do personally and business-wise, um, that we created a plan in advance. So every single year I create, and the fancy term is a financial forecast, but just like where am I planning for my money to go? How much do I need to bring in? So my spending doesn't fluctuate based on how much money's in my bank account. I really don't even look at how much money is in my bank account except for just to make sure there's enough you know um i just spend according to my plan so i know how much my rent is i know how much my staff is i know how much my budget is for eating out or office supplies or so i just kind of live i call it a spending plan i guess i didn't clarify that but in the traditional world it's called a budget um i don't like the word budget because i always joke i think it sounds like a six letter curse word i like the word i like the idea of a spending plan so it gives me freedom to spend instead of restrictions on what I can spend. Does that mean it's just a little, <laughs> I think it's prettier. Um, so I just kind of live by that spending plan. So I don't, I don't take money out of my business, but if you're someone, um, if your money mindset heard about this money mindset, um, but there's a spender and a spender is somebody who, um, when they have that money, it's going to be really hard for them not to go out and spend it. If that's you, then I would definitely recommend opening up another account, maybe calling it your reserves account, slow season account, and just putting that money aside. So for that slow season, and what I really would encourage, um, people are going to have to stop this and let's do it a couple different times, but, um, cause I know we're giving, giving a lot here, but if you know what it costs every single month, to run your business, whether it's $1,000 or $2,500 or $2,500 plus your salary. So what does it cost you every single month to run your business? On average, if you could get where you have three months of that set aside, that's going to get you and prepare you for those slower seasons. That's good. That's really good. I like that a lot. I actually wrote down spending plan because I was like, oh, it's so pretty. It's so much prettier than budget. So I love that. Yay. <laughs> yeah, budgets just get a really, I don't think any of us like that. And, um, but spending plans, it makes me feel like I'm in control and now I get to choose where I get to spend my funds. And like, so I have, um, again, I do personal and business finance, but in my business, I have, you know, fi have finances for things that bring me life. And then at home I have finances for shopping and for we have a house cleaner and just as like you're choosing where you're spending your money and I, I just like that idea a lot better than a budget <laughs> yeah I love it and I think budget too just kind of the word just instills fear in some people like you know people are just sort of afraid to to dive into their money and manage it and especially afraid to stick to a budget so I think spending plan just kind of takes the edge off a little bit yeah good I love it so since we've defined so many terms, I just want to throw one last one at you and something we don't really hear as much, but we still hear fairly often. So can you just explain the difference between assets and liabilities and what those two terms mean? Yeah. So this is going to be on your net worth statement for personal finances or your balance sheet in your business. They're the same thing. Balance sheet or net worth statement are the same thing. One is um, for personal, one is for business. 
so they look a little bit different, but assets are things that you own, even if you have a loan on them. That's what some people get confused about. So you own your house, even if you have a mortgage. Um, so what, so what do you own? And um, then liabilities are what you owe, what you own versus what you owe. And just so everybody listening knows, um, when it comes to personal finances, I believe that your net worth statement, which is your assets minus your liabilities, that gives you your net worth. I believe that's the most important financial document anyone can have. I think it's the true picture of wealth because I, I always say wealth is not about how much money you make. It's about how you spend the money you make. And that's what I feel like with the net worth statement. It really shows you, okay, we, we own this many things, but we still owe this much on them. And this is, so that's our net worth. But if you're like actively paying off debt or if you're saving a lot, you could not maybe own as much, but your net worth could be a lot higher because you don't have so much debt. And so I just really like to see what that net worth number is at the end of every year. Um, I do this once a year. I update my net worth statement and I have it. I keep them from year to year to year. So don't, I use a Google doc and I just, open a new sheet, copy and paste and do my net worth statement. So, cause I like to go back and see like five years in five years, babe, we've paid off this much debt or our net worth has changed by this much money. It's just really encouraging to see that. And, um, I always say, and, and if for anyone listening, um, you can just Google net worth statement and it, you'll find a printable. I'm sure we'll have one on my website soon, but you can just easily find one. So don't get bogged down. Just, it's just a, basically a subtraction problem. How much do you own minus how much you owe? That's your net worth. And I always tell people don't get discouraged if that's negative the first time that you do it. Your goal is to make it more positive every single year. And this is how Kyle and I set our personal financial goals. We look at that net worth and, okay, how much do we want to save or how much debt do we want to pay off? And so, yeah, assets, what do you own, even if you have a loan on it? And then what do you owe? How much do you owe in loans and all that? And then own minus O is net worth. Simple subtraction problem. Yeah, awesome. I love how you broke that down. Final tips, just what's your, your last bit of advice or your, your big tips on really how to make our businesses more profitable and especially how to make them sustainable. Mm -hmm. mm. Love those two things together. So I would say the very first thing and the most important thing, so I'm a money person. That's what I talk about, but I actually think the most important thing anyone can do is start tracking their time. Um, I, I always say that tracking my time saved my business and it taught me a lot about my pricing. So I started as a fully service-based business. Um, so it was all coaching and so it was just my time. And I realized I was really underpricing myself based on what, how many hours I was putting in. And I never would have known that had I not tracked my time. So I use a free app. It's called Toggle. And I just track my time that way. And I would say you can never price until you know your cost, um, your time and your materials. So, you know, I was charging a lot to do coaching and consulting with, with my one-on-one -on -one clients. So I was like, I could have been really feeling good, but then why was I so tired? It wasn't sustainable because it was taking me so much time 
to produce that work for them that I realized I really I had to like triple my price. And that's why most of my clients end up doubling or tripling their prices. It's not because I believe we just need to charge more. It's because we have to realize how much time and materials and costs we're putting into it. So that would probably be my biggest piece of advice for any stage in business. Track your time. And I would say you can do that for three projects from start to finish and see how much time you're really putting into it and then see to what did I charge that person? How many hours did it take me? So what did I truly make per hour? That'll tell you a lot about your, not only your price, but how tired you are. So that's how all my clients, I mean, most of them double or triple their price and then cut their workload in half. And it's because everybody comes to me tired. They're burned out. <laughs> they're not making enough money. And it's because we, when you understand your costs, you can go into a client and say, this is the price and here's why and confidently charge what you need to charge. Yeah, that's such a good tip. So I usually don't do this, but I, I want to just make sure that our listeners know that this exists. So you mentioned just briefly earlier, your business, the blueprint model. And I really just want our listeners to know that this resource is out there and available. So I'm correct that it's not open right now. Is that right, Shanna? It opens in the winter every single year. So normally January, we might move that back to February. So, but once a year, because it is a full coaching program. So I do it with the students. Yes. Gotcha. But I, I do just want to give you just a quick second to tell them what the blueprint model is, mm -hmm. because I think a lot of our listeners and subscribers are probably going to want to check that out at some point. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you to ask. Um, so yeah, I, when I started my company, I did this for about three years and, um, time and money management, it's everything I talk about, how to understand your money in your business. I'm super passionate about empowering people to basically be the CEO of their company and see how to look at their numbers and really, truly work smarter, not harder. And I know those are all those fuzzy words, but when you understand your numbers, so much can happen. And so I got actually so busy that, and I was charging so much money, $20,000, $30,000 to work with me one-on-one. -on -one, I, I was like, how can I make more Shannas? <laughs> and as I mentioned before, the only person I'd ever heard of that was doing online work was Marie Forleo. And I'm sure there was already a big education scene out there, but I didn't know what that looks like. And I just thought, well, if I could record myself and take people online through this same program that I'm doing 12 weeks with my clients, could they learn this online? And so we called it the blueprint model and it's a 12 week, literally step by step, everything that I do and track in my business, how I set up my pricing, how I do my financial forecast, which we talked about, my cash flow plans, what I do on my money dates. It's everything you need to run and, and know the numbers in your business. And um, it's been amazing because I'm, I've always been a little like, I don't want to just be the numbers person because I'm very passionate about women and entrepreneurship and, and mostly because I see we get into this for a passion, but in a few years we get really burned out. And so that sustainability portion you mentioned earlier is really important to me. But when you know how to manage your money and you realize how time and money work together, it empowers you to understand your pricing, to know how to say yes and no to certain 
projects or events or know how to just strategically grow your company. So that's exactly what it is. It's a 12-step blueprint of strategic growth, basically from any, anywhere from dreamers, which are people that haven't started yet, to what I call kind of in the weeds. So they're burned out. They're not making enough money. It really solves all that. And you'll walk away knowing and understanding your money completely. I mean, complete transformations. These women are amazing. And it's because when you're shown what to look at, the magic happens. It's going in not knowing like, I don't care if you know what cost of goods sold means. <laughs> I care that you know that that project can't cost you more than 40% of your price. So I just want you to, you know, I just want to teach people to look at the right numbers to be the financial advisor of their own company. Because most of us don't have CFOs. I mean, we just can't afford them. So you have to learn how to look at those numbers, but in a way that's simplified, just like we talked about here, it doesn't, I always say it's, um, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's going to be hard work, but once you get, it's really is simple. Um, it's just addition and subtraction. Yeah, I love it. So you guys, if you're listening, definitely go check that out. Again, it's the blueprint model and I'm pretty sure there's a wait list that you can get yeah. on. Yes. Um, so definitely do that because Shanna really knows her stuff in case you haven't figured that out already. <laughs> and read the, I really want people to be inspired by read. There's a whole page of just testimonials and success stories because I think money can come with a lot of baggage. It can come with a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of fear. I can't understand that. I don't want to understand that. Why do I need to? And just women from all stages of life and all different industries saying like, just learning these few things changed everything for them. And, um, so they'll get inspired if nothing else, but yes, the blueprintmodel.com. You can get on the wait list. It'll open in the winter of the next year. Um, whenever you're listening, if it's, if it's January, it's probably open. So go look. <laughs> um, but we open it once a year because I actually go through it with my clients. And then at the, in November of every year, all of those clients come together in person. So it's online, which is great because you can listen to it as anybody listening right now. It's nice to be able to listen a few times until it clicks. Um, but then we get together in real life um, to make those friendships. So it's, it's wonderful. That's awesome. I love it. Well, really quickly at the end of every episode, we do a fun little lightning round and it's just easy breezy questions that I'm genuinely curious about. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? So the first thing that I do is turn on my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> And I spend about 45 minutes just in prayer and quiet time and reading. And I jour I've journaled since I was like 15 years old. So I start my morning pretty slow, just in quiet. And it's wonderful. I love that. What is the last book that you read? So I'm currently reading 1000 Gifts, which is Ambos Camp, which I love. But um, my last book I just finished was called An Intentional Life. And it's Karen Stott or Stott, S-T-O-T-T, it's Stott, so An Intentional Life. My favorite business book, though, I have to throw this out there, is Essentialism. Yes. It must read for business. Yes, definitely. Such a good one. Yeah. What is one item that you recommend to everyone? Oh, this one's a hard one. Okay, so I'm going to go with an alarm clock. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. Because I'm a big not have your phone in your room and not wake up with social media. So, um, an alarm clock. 
That's a good one. That's so simple, but so good. Yay. Good. Not a lot of people would think about that one. So I love that. Uh, what is your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Okay. Can I give both? I'm going to do both. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So my favorite quote, I'm from Tennessee. Um, so I love Dolly Parton. Um, my favorite quote is never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. That's what it is. And I love Dolly Parton. And then the best piece of advice I've ever been given was actually marriage advice. And it was, um, believe the best, but has actually become one of the core values of my company is believing the best in our clients, our customers, each other as a team. And it just has made all the difference. If you have a hard client or if you get a hard email, just remembering that somebody's on the other side of that. So believe the best. I love those. Both of those are so good. <laughs> so good. Yay. All right. So where can everybody find you? What's your website, social media? Where do you want them to go? Well, it's pretty great because I don't think anybody else has Shanna Skidmore. So everything is Shanna Skidmore. So shannaskidmore.com, Instagram slash Shanna Skidmore, Pinterest slash Shanna Skidmore, Facebook slash Shanna Skidmore. So um, Shanna Skidmore, which can be a little hard to spell, but I'm sure you can find links below, but everything's on there, shannaskidmore.com. <laughs> yeah, nice and easy. And that'll be in our show notes as well. If you don't know how to spell Shanna Skidmore, <laughs> but I'm sure you can find her. Well, Shanna, thank you so much. This really broke down, I think, a lot of the barriers when it comes to money mindset and a lot of just kind of dumbed down the terms that we're not so sure of all the time, but we hear pretty often. So I think this was such a great conversation and I know our listeners are absolutely going to love it. So thank you so much for just offering up your expertise and giving us your time. Thank you so much for asking me. It was really fun to go back to those accounting roots That's it for this time, ladies. But if you have just a minute, it would make my day if you would write a review and share how much you love this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the best of the best. If you're not already subscribed to the newsletter or following along on Instagram, you can find me at Haley Luckadoo on all social media and at HaleyLuckadoo.net for this episode's show notes the blog, the shop, and pretty much all the good stuff. I'll be bringing you a new episode very soon, but until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.